0: Yo what's up my fishy people, this is Evan Moso. I'm the owner of SpinX Designs Tackle, and we're going to be doing a podcast. So we'll see how this goes, this is going to be the first attempt at it, this is going to be episode one, and uh, we're talking about steelhead fishing, steelhead in general, and how to catch them, where to find them, and just all about steelhead. So what we're going to be starting off with first is, how do you find a steelhead? Well th- you can go about this many ways. What I recommend is the certain body of water you like to fish, whether that be for salmon or steelhead. There's a couple things that line up together that are similar with salmon and steelhead. So salmon normally are the fish that come in first in season, depending on where you live at. But that's generally the rule of thumb. That's how it goes. So when the salmon come up into the river, you normally find them in the deep holes that have a lot, a lot of cover around them. And they go deep because fish, they really like the, the extra protection because they got predators to worry about. Whether that be things with wings and talons that want to eat them. Or that could be some seals or whatnot, depending on how far the river up you're fishing them. Because sometimes, you know, you find those seals that come up real far up the river, which that's the last thing we want, right? So we're talking about where to find these steelhead up. So you look for them salmon fishing holes. So whether that be farther up the river, which which might be a good idea depending on how much it's rained. Like we got a lot of rain on the Sayulita here in the last couple of weeks, especially in the last week or so, the river is almost it's it's almost flooding. We've had a few flood warnings. Uh, I think I think it was a couple of days ago we had a flood warning, but for high tide at least. But we're talking about trying to find the steelhead. You're looking for salmon fishing holes that have a lot of cover around them. Like I said. lot of protection and whether that be a super deep hole which is what they like so salmon when they push up the river they'll find the deep holes and when the water gets low they'll get stuck in those holes because they don't have enough water to travel up whether that be a really deep hole that they were sitting deep in because the water's a lot colder down there and they like cold water so steelhead very similar they like those deep holes and they like cold water they also especially hate uh sand so you're not going to find steelhead on a super shallow bed with a lot of sand in it because they hate getting that in their gills like who would who wouldn't want that in their uh their gills right that's exactly what you don't want <laughs> sand in your gills makes it hard to breathe right so we're trying to find steelhead so we've located where they're going to be at deep holes where salmon like to like to to hold at, and when they're pushing up the river sometimes they may get stuck there the next question is what if the river I'm going to fish is a lot lower than normal? Is it worth fishing? And the answer to that is yes. The fish enter the river, whether that be uh, super high water or super low water. There's a biological clock inside of the fish that like hits noon, and they're like, all right, guys, we're ready to push up the river. So that's what they do. So they come out of the salt. They do uh, the process of getting um, ready for pushing up river. So they'll sit in an estuary, which is half salt whether that be half salt or half fresh or you know 50 50 like i just said or it could be you know 40 50 40 60 depending on whatever it is but they get into that process in the estuary of getting used to the fresh water and once that's done they start making their journey up river and normally a lot of cutthroat trout like to follow them up because that they'll eat the salmon eggs they'll eat the the flesh that come off the fish or whatever so when the salmon and steelhead runs start normally you're going to find some cutthroat trout behind them And so we're going back to the question is what if the river is a lot lower than normal? Is it still worth fishing? Like I just said, yes, that could be to your advantage. So when those fish are in the deep holes, like I said, salmon, steelhead, they get trapped in those deep holes, and you want to be fishing them sometimes when they're stuck in those holes because where else are they going to go they might travel a little bit up river a little bit down river or they're completely stuck in the hole that they were just trying to get out of because the water dropped a lot lower than they like so they're they're chilling out until the water comes up whether that be more rain definitely what we're dealing with on the site you saw in Oregon we are dealing with a lot of rain and uh you know the weather's not too too great right now so we're getting back over to the question you can start seeing winter steelhead as early as November, depending on where you live at, but that's generally when they come into the rivers. And you can't target them, especially on the Salish until December 1st. December 1st is the first day of legal steelhead fishing, and it ends March 31st. So you have a long window in there to get some steelhead. And you're only keeping hatchery fish because you can't keep wild fish. Wild steelhead are on the ESA listing because we're trying to get those back into full stride and get them, you know, healthy, but that's really hard with the predation, whether that be minks or, excuse me, or harbor seals, seals in general. So there's just so many things that add on to this the list that make steelhead super, super endangered in a way, if you think about it, because they got so many predators trying to get them, especially anglers. Anglers are trying to catch them as well maybe not wild steelhead of course i hope but that happens sometimes and you got to try to treat the fish as best as you can so when you notice there's a wild fish on the end of your line you're trying to like identify that immediately so before you even pull the fish out of the water you want to look to see if there's an adipose fin on the fish if there's an adipose fin on the, the fish That means it's a wild fish, an ODFW, or wherever you're listening to this at. They didn't clip that fin. Sometimes there's misclips, of course, so you can notice a little bit of the misclips. Like a misclip, for example, steelhead. That could look like some fins that are array, the the tail fins or the dorsal fins. They could be rounded at an edge. Some may look a little deformed than uh, the normal fit, like the wild fish per se. But the immediate marker of noticing a hatchery steelhead is the adipose fin is clipped so when the adipose fin is clipped that you should immediately recognize that whether that be uh, a hatchery fish of course and once you notice that you're able to keep that fish so that's one thing you need to know about steelhead they you got to notice immediate markers because if you lift a wild fish out of the water it's not really what we want and it's stressing the fish out more than it already is because most of the time you're fishing for food So you're using a barbed hook, and maybe you're using bait and whatnot, if bait's allowed in your area on that certain part of the river, or not. But you're trying to keep the fish as less pressured and less, per se, harmed as possible. So that's super important to know. Fish handling skills, we'll go over that maybe a YouTube video or maybe a podcast episode. So you just gotta understand handling the fish, especially a wild fish, better than anything you've ever done. Keeping the gills wet, keeping its head in the water, trying to revive it. Which means when you're ready for the release, you're you got a fin, sorry, you got a hand above the tail right there, and you're holding it. And then you got a, a hand right under the belly, and you're rocking the fish back and forth, getting that oxygen to flow through the fish whether that be moving them back and forth, which is what I recommend. And then here in a second, the fish will just take off, and sometimes they'll hit you with some water. And I like that because it's like the fish is like, yeah, man, thanks for giving me the good release, and I'm not not messed up too bad or not at all, which is what we want. So that's one thing. Fish handling skills are super important. But if you're in a highly pressured area of fishing, getting back to trying to catch steelhead, if you're in a highly area, highly pressured area, there's a couple of methods you could go about this. Say if it's low, clear water, and you're going to a spot that gets hit hard for steelhead or salmon. But steelhead's in season, so we'll, we'll go on that. Say you're just pulled up to the spot. No one's there. It's a beautiful morning. It's just, sun's just coming up. And you're like, all right, this spot gets hit a lot. What methods am I going to do differently to try to give this fish a different presentation so it will bite my lure or uh, my drift setup, my bobber setup, whatever method you're using. So one, one thing is using lower pound monofilament or fluorocarbon, like your leaders. So if it's low clear water, you want to be using maybe six to eight pound. I'd go about 10 pound is the max. So the smaller line line diameter you're using, the fish, they won't see it. And fish have really, really good eyesight, especially the fish that have, say, a three salt fish. And what a three salt fish means is the fish was in fresh water, went back out to salt water, vice versa, three times. So it's traveled to fresh and salt water three times. And so when you get a fish like that, they're smart. And they know what they've uh, what's natural and what's unnatural. So when you're using real heavy pound lines, so maybe 15 to 20 pound mono on a low clear setting water-wise, the fish are going to be like, wow, I can see this is perfect this day. And why is he using this or that angler using this? And then a method you could go to avoid that, that, that can mean you don't even catch fish, guys. And I think we're trying to catch fish here. So, what you could do to avoid that, six to twelve, six to ten pound is what I'd run for my bumper. My leader wise on my uh, say my float setup. So you got your float, you got your. So you got your bobber stop. You got your corky, or you got your. Hey, you got corky. You got your bead, and then you got your float, and then you got your uh, barrel swivel or whatever you like to do. I like to do just a normal barrel swivel, and I'll tie the bottom end. On the top of my leader, on my, on my main line, I mean, and then I got the clip still hanging, and then the on the bottom eye, I'll pull the clip over just a little bit, and I'll tie my leader on the other end of the eye, and then I still have that clip free. And when you can do with that clip is, say, you get down to the water, you can clip on a uh, a pencil lead weight, or you can do a Dave's tangle free, whatever kind of line you like or weight you like to use. And so you got that clip all like ready to go to put your weight on. And side tip when you don't have a constant piece of weight on your main line it's not hitting your rod you know ting 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 which i don't like i personally don't like that so i'll use that clip and then when i'm down at the water i'll clip on my weight and then i'll fish it and then when i say i travel to the next fishing spot i'll unclip that weight so it's not hitting against my rod and damaging it or it's messing up my my rig my fishing uh setup so that's one thing you could do a little quick tip but we're down at the water, we're about to make the first cast, we're looking at our our setup, we're running maybe 8 pound liter, we got a half ounce weight, or a 1 ounce weight, depending on its low clear water, so I do about one eighth ounce of my stick weight, or my uh, my Dave's Tangle Free weight, cast it out, and it's in, you got your float sitting up and down like it should be, your weight's sitting at a nice level, and then whether that be you're running a bead setup, or you're running a jig, and it's going through the hole and if your bobber lays over on say facing downstream that means you're dragging bottom so what we're doing is we've recognized that the bottom right there in that specific cast and that run is a bit shallower right there so when on our next retrieve we bring it back up to the rod we're shortening up the bobber stop which is right above the bobber we're pulling the bobber stop down and then once the bobber stops adjusted, I do about three to six inches depending on how actually low the water is. So I do about three inches, cast it back out. And then if the bobber still lays over a bit, I'll do three more inches. And that's six inches we've already went down, cast it back out. And then if it lays over again, I'm like, okay, I got I to gotta re-rig this setup because get a look at how long your leader is on the other end. And low clear water, you got to use a pretty long leader. Because the fish have like I said have very good eyesight. So they're gonna pick that stuff up pretty quick. And so you got uh I'd do about twenty four to forty-eight inch leader when it's low clear water because you're gonna need that presentation like it's uh, free floating down in the water column, like it like a natural presentation, like how it should look. Because you need that long leader to do that presentation. And when you're doing that, you gotta understand that when you're fishing that setup, it is super, super oriented to low clear water so you got your 48 inch uh your leader at the max and then i'd like to run maybe a size one to size three uh bead hook depending on if you're using a soft bead or a hard bead or you could be running a like a like a soft bead but you could be a bobber dogging it which is another method of fishing we'll get into in a different episode so we're at the hole we've already made the cast we've gone down six inches on our bobber stop and we're looking we're looking around we're we're seeing if we could see any fish in the first place and say uh we make our next cast out and we're six inches down on our bobber stop already and it's running through the hole we're about halfway through the hole where we were laying our bobber over in the beginning and it's standing straight up and down that means we got good presentation if you're running a bead setup you got normally got your weight a little bit lower in the water column and then your bead's free floating down. I like to run maybe a size seven split shot a little bit above the, the bead setup. Maybe that's 12 inches above because you got your bobber stock coming down. You got your weight in the water column and that's going straight up and down. And I'm talking about this in the sense of we're looking at it in the water floating down your weights, maybe 10 inches from the top of the water. And then you got your main line. That's 48 inches in front of it, hopefully floating down the water column. And what you do Is you put maybe a size seven split shot on? uh, I do about twelve to fourteen inches above where the bead is, and where the because what you want that for is to keep the bead down in the water column because it's a super light like attractant, and so if you don't do that, if it's going to be floating up in the water and it could be a couple inches off the top of the water and you can't even notice it because you're uh, seventy yards out on your your pole your run, so size seven split shot above this the the bead which is important i do about like i said 12 to 14 inches and excuse me so we're got that covered we got the setup covered we're running beads set up on our bobber and we're six inches down on our bobber stop and we haven't touched bottom which is good so we're bouncing along the bottom we're bouncing along the bottom and then we haven't got anything i let it go maybe 50, depend. This is all dependent on what the the run is and what your fishing is. But let's say we're 50 yards down on the, the cast, and we're like, all right, we don't want to find a fish 50 yards down into the tailwaters. And we could get spooled. We could get broken off. And if you hang up, you're you're so far down there, and it's just going to be a pain to get that unstuck, unless you're trying to break it off, which I'm always trying to get my gear back, of course. So we reel it back up to the tip of the rod. We're, we're observing for the third cast. We're looking around. And what you want to do is you don't want to cast all the way out in the far side of the river because there could be fish right in front of you swimming and you just you just passed up that opportunity. So we're starting right in front of us in our first cast. Our second cast was right a little bit after that, maybe a couple, five feet right after that. Okay, we're on the third cast, right? We're casting out. We're maybe three quarters, three quarters away across the river. And we just touched down right in the middle of it. Presentation is looking good. The bobber's standing is straight up and down. We're running our bead setup, maybe a 8 to 10 mil, and then we're floating it down, floating it down. We didn't hang up, we didn't uh, lay the bobber over at all, so we know we're not dragging bottom, which is good because we're in the strike zone where the fish should be. We're targeting steelhead. So when the steelhead, they see that presentation, they're looking for eggs because they're coming up river to spawn, right? So they're going to be in that, not too much of a feeding mode when they get out of the saltwater because they're looking for spawning um, areas and all that. So you might get a steelhead depending on how far up the river you're trying to fish them at and if they're hungry at that specific moment you're fishing for them. So we're running our bead setup. It's about 10 feet down the water and we're looking and we see some chrome. This is exciting, guys. We see some chrome. And this is where you don't want to panic. So we're leaving our setup alone. We notice the fish is coming up. It's checking out our gear. It's sniffing it and seeing if it's real. And then you see your bobber flush down. It goes under the water. So what you want to do is you want to wait for just a second. And then you you rear back. And this is important, guys. We're not bass fishing. So we're setting the hook vertically over our head to try to set the hook right into the beak, per se, of the mouth. Or just right around the mouth. And you're setting the hook vertically. You're not setting the hook to the left or the right because... That's for bass fishing. And sure, it may work for steelhead angling, but your best results are going to be setting in the hook vertically right over your shoulder to your left or your right, depending on what way you like to fish so we're, we're hooked up onto a steelhead it's acrobatic guys it's a winter steelhead it's not summer steelhead so it's not going crazy but we're hooked up it's a native fish we notice a native native fish because we were that's the immediate site we're looking for we're looking for an adipose fin if i notice a native fish all right guys i'm already getting in the water and i'm getting ready because i'm trying to tire this fish out because i'm not trying to stress it out too much i'm just trying to tire it out so i could get to the bank And we're keeping it in the water, guys. Good practice. Good fish handling skills. We're keeping it in the water. We're seeing how beautiful it is. And we're just taking in all of nature. Look around your surroundings. Look up at the mountains. Look up at the trees. And look at this beautiful fish you're holding, guys. This is God's creation. And we're looking at it. We're like, wow, this is a beautiful fish. And then we do the release, like I said, one hand under the belly, one hand above the, the, the tail fin, and we're rocking it back and forth, we're rocking it back and forth, and then we're sending it out back into the water to be free and hopefully reproduce more wild steelhead. So that's, that's going to be the first episode, guys. Let me know what you guys think, and hopefully you guys like doing this. Um, I'm going to upload it to uh, Spotify and start off the SpinX Designs Tackle podcast i appreciate you guys all for listening stay tuned for the next one i'm very excited for this It's something new i'm going to be adding and uh yeah i'll see you guys then hopefully you guys have a good christmas merry christmas be safe out on the the roads traveling for traveling and if you're going fishing let me know send me a text on instagram or facebook and let's talk about fishing let's see what you guys are catching them on hopefully it's SpinX designs tackle gear and if that's the case send me those pictures so i'll repost them all right, guys. Merry Christmas. I'll see you later. Bye bye. Yo, what is going on, my fishy people? It's Evan with SpinX Designs Tackle, and we're back for another podcast. This is episode two of Steelhead Fishing, and we're just gonna be talking a little bit about what happened last episode, which was the six to twelve pound. Or ending off on that episode of the line rating and what you should do for lower clear water, which is that that's what I recommend. And if it's a little bit turbid, you could bump it up to twelve to fifteen. So, you got a little bit of flex room in there. I hope you guys are doing good. It's uh, pretty early on a, I think it's Thursday, two days before Christmas. Wow, that's that's something. So, if you guys are listening to this, Merry Christmas. I hope all is going well for you guys in this, hopefully, festive end of the year. And we're just still talking about steelhead fishing. So, what we're talking about for first is... The desirable steelhead holding water. This will switch up depending on where they like to hold at in different times of the, of the river, different times of the year, if that makes sense. So it could be like a different deeper spot in the summer because it's a lot hotter and deeper. I mean in the sense of the hole that they swam to and are holding in now is a lot deeper than something it would be per se in the winter because it's a lot colder in the winter and they don't have to go as deep in the water column. So that's what I mean by that. And I'm just reading over my notes here. Yeah, so that can mean one day they're holding in a different area and one day they're not holding in that area. So it's pretty dependent on whatever the weather is like that day. So if it's super sunny, you could try to find them in the deeper holes. But if it's not as sunny, you could definitely look in the more shallow holes. And they definitely, like I said last time, guys, they don't like holding in areas with a sandy bottom because that sand will get in their gills and it just irritates them. So they avoid that pretty, uh, pretty uh, really with all costs. They don't like sandy bottoms. They like steelhead i'm talking steelhead like clean fresh flowing water so you're not going to find them in stagnant muddy pools that means they could be in fast moving water where the undercurrent could be a little bit faster or or it could be a little bit slower than what the top current is looking like and there's always a good chance that you're going to find this area on your river, so, or you already know about it, so and you just haven't thought about it yet. And so that one spot that you're like, man, that, that spot does not have any steelhead in it. I guarantee you that if you go try to fish it, you will be surprised with whatever results you get, because they... They could uh, live in some pretty low water conditions, steelhead I'm talking, or at least travel through them. So they've dealt with some, they've dealt with a lot of the worst stuff, and they dealt with a lot of the good stuff, if that makes sense, steelhead in the river conditions. So just try to fish them in that areas where you think that don't have steelhead, per se, because, hey, you never know, and it could be just a beautiful adventure out in the wilderness, and that's what I'm trying to get you guys out doing, because, hey... I like being in the wilderness. I like listening to uh, Mother Nature wake up. And whatever it is, I like being out there. And it's pretty enjoyable for me. I don't know about you guys. And uh, so we're talking about the steelhead and where they like to hold. So the deeper holes on the more...